It's a Wednesday edition of the Kilcoin Conversation, and we have Justin Tatum from Down Under coaching basketball in Australia. Had him on the show right before he left for the trip to be an assistant coach at their professional league down there, and he basically said, hey, I want to coach the NBA or professionally, and to do that, need to get some experience. He left CBC, had a great run there, but now he's down in Australia, and I wanted to find out about life down under, what the goal is, where to go from there. And, yes, he is Jason Tatum's dad. Can we do a Justin Tatum interview and not ask a Jason Tatum question? I think we can, but I don't know that we ever have. Uh, So it's Justin Tatum on the show. And then a follow-up. You know, on Fox 2 at night, it'll say, this is a Fox 2 follow-up, which is different from all new at 9 or exclusive. It's a follow-up, and it actually is Jamison Williams playing in the NFC title game for the Lions, first-round pick out of Alabama, local kid, Ritter. Had the first touchdown for the Detroit Lions the other day. Then had the last one. We had his dad on last week. His dad's an entertaining guy. Before I put him on radio last week, I think I interviewed him for a podcast at one point. uh, And I wanted to get his take. He was there in San Francisco. So you're watching your son have a great game and then almost get to the Super Bowl. I wanted to know more about those emotions, kind of riding the wave, being in the building. So as Brendan Weesey pointed out to me, it's sort of a Father's Day edition of the Kilcoin Conversation, like an all-new Blossom after-school special. It's a special edition. The Dad's Day, Justin Tatum, Jason's dad, and more than that. And then Jameson Williams' dad, who's always entertaining, talking about the Lions. He's still in Detroit. The dad is. I want to see what the mood is. Now, three days later, I'm guessing they're still hanging their heads a bit. It's not like you can go to a Pistons game and feel a whole lot better about life. In Detroit, think about that. They went from the Lions riding high, Michigan riding high, then Harbaugh leaves, the Lions lose. It's sort of back to uh, winter misery in Motown. So that's a show in store. Brendan and I will talk about the Blues, who hit the All-Star break with a thud. Almost predictable, right? You've got a 10-day break coming up. Players all have trips booked, I'm sure. Caribbean or other island destinations and all of a sudden oh there's one game left if one game to go it's human nature you got a college class before spring break or winter break oh i don't know i don't really want to go to that class like nobody really wants to check that box and you got the columbus blue jackets who are highly beatable they're terrible right last place team and the blues late in it was the least entertaining blues game in a long time they didn't score a goal even the fight i'm sorry Tucker, that was very uninspiring. <laughs> the game was just a dud. So the Blues lose that game. They've won five of six, but Drew Bannister, the interim coach, at the end of the game said this one's going to sit there for a while, and I think that's an accurate way to put it. Two big points they left on the table before hitting the All-Star break. So Blues are done for a while now after the one-zip loss to Columbus. Billikens lost again. I don't even know what we're left to talk about at this point unless we want to get on the Internet and start guessing who the next coach is. But at this point, it's a – it's a death march to the end of the season because the Bills have lost five in a row. They're one and seven in the Atlantic 10. They were leading Loyola early. It was like 18 to 11. And I thought, when will the bottom fall out? I just, you know, it's coming. At some, they could be up by 20, and you know they're going to lose. They just have that look, that feel, and they've proven it. It's just it's unbelievable how quickly it's fallen apart. It's a mess. They lose to Loyola, and suddenly that's an un, that's a mountain they can't climb. All of a sudden, Loyola basketball. It's not Dayton or VCU. Now we can't beat Loyola. Can't beat UMass. 
They've got Fordham coming to Chaffetz. And Billiken fans are largely respectful. So I don't know that it, it's not like a NFL game where they'll start chanting the coach needs to go or even a baseball game where they might boo a certain at-bat by a player. But I, I don't know. Will it get real ugly towards the end? And mostly I think down there folks will just not show up. So it's it's unfortunate. It's unpleasant. But that's sort of where we are. Soccer news. Bradley Carnell gets the contract extension. Brendan was there when they made the announcement. City SC. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Also want to remind you that the pitch is up and running. It's been up and running since last year. Great new soccer hangout downtown right across the street from City Park. You can't miss it. If you're going to the games or if you don't have tickets to the game, just hang out at the pitch. Perfect place to do that. City Park directly across the street. The pitch is on the west side of Union Station. You can't miss it. Going to a Blues game or anything downtown. Arch Madness. Stop by the pitch, walk down Market Street. It's right down the road from Enterprise Center. Great spot for lunch or happy hour. Awesome menu, beautiful layout. Call it an athletic club and tavern. It just has that feel. I know that's hard to describe. When you walk in there, you know what that means, athletic club and tavern. Beautiful spot, great place to watch soccer year-round. For more, it's thepitch-stl.com. And before the break... In studio, we have an in-studio guest. We like when the guests are in studio because they're not in the drive-thru. They're not golfing. Uh, Holden is here. My grandson, seven-year-old Holden, is in the house. Holden, welcome. Good to see you, Yay. buddy. Did you just cheer yourself? Was that a dig me moment? Uh, Holden is a first grader. He's yeah, seven years old. And he's been saying for about a year, Yeah. Papa, when am I getting back on the radio? Yeah. This is your big chance. What would you like to talk about? Candy. You want to talk about, what do you have to say about candy? I love chocolate. You do. What else do you like? Anything healthy? Broccoli. I've never seen you <laughs> eat broccoli in my life. Can I get you on a lie detector? <laughs> What's your favorite sport to play? Uh, I want to be Kobe Bryant. You want to be Kobe? Yeah. Yeah. You watch a lot of videos? Yeah, of course I do. Well, you played basketball this year. What was your favorite part of basketball season? I don't know. You don't know. That's a terrible answer. What's your favorite thing to do? Play Fortnite. Play Fortnite? Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what does Papa always say about getting outside? Play soccer. No, I don't play that. When I say play soccer, these guys know me. <laughs> no. What do I tell you to do? Go and touch grass. Touch grass. Because if he's inside too many video games, I say you got to get out. You got to touch grass. I don't care. Okay. What's your favorite? Close get closer to that mic, son. Okay. What's your What's your favorite part of school? Who are your buddies? Maddox. Maddox. Nash. Nash. Uh, Jude. Jude. Okay. Uh. Sam Goldstein. Sam Goldstein. Now we're getting last names. Like might group. be a HIPAA violation here. Uh, <laughs> what do you like about school? What's the best part? Outside time. Okay. What do you do outside? Play on slides. Okay. Play on the slides. That's great. All right. Okay. Well, we got to go. What would you like to say for the Cardinals this year? How about a big – do you think the Cardinals will be good this year? No. Whoa. Based on, show me the fan graphs. Wow, clip and save. Why do you say that? They're just bad. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Whoa, sounds like you've been talking it up at home. No, I never said that. 
Holden, great to have you here in studio. Would you like to come back sometime? It's been 12 minutes already I've been on this mic. It's been 12 minutes on this mic? He's got a watch now. He's got a watch. Yeah, he, oh, he likes to check the time. All right, pal. We will. Uh, oh, you went to Monster Jam the other yeah, night. Yeah, of course I did. You already know. His, uh, well, I'm telling the audience, his dad took him to Monster Jam. Yeah, what was that like? I don't know. You don't know. Was it at the dome? Yes. Loud? Yes. Dirt flying everywhere? Yes. There was Gravedigger there? Yes. Wow. And you didn't even buy me a shirt. Of course I didn't. I don't even know your side. Oh, likely story. All right, can you say just say into the microphone, we'll be right back? We'll be right back. Maybe a first on the Killcoin conversation. We're going to Australia, going down under to talk to Justin Tatum, coach, interim head coach of the Illawarra Hawks of the Australian uh, version of the NBA down there, coaching professional basketball, long way from home. And as we record this, it's Tuesday afternoon here. It's Wednesday morning there. This will probably play Thursday afternoon here. It's very confusing. Uh, Justin Tatum on the line. Justin, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How you doing? Are you, have you gotten used to this when you want to call and talk to friends or family back home in terms of the time change? Yeah, I am. I am. It's a, it's a, it's a big difference. Uh, morning is not bad when you're talking to people at home, and then also late night, um, probably around 11 or 12 uh, at night here in Australia, which is my only by about 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning there that I talk to people at home. So <laughs> I, I get best of both worlds. Does your phone go off text or calls at 2, 3 in the morning just because people forget where you are? All the time. All the time. I tell them, man, can you please look at look at the world clock on your phone and look up <laughs> Sydney and uh, give me some courtesy sometimes, but uh, I don't get, I don't respond back until I wake up. The world clock. Well, a lot's happened since we talked to you. You were heading there last summer to take this opportunity, uh, get some professional coaching experience, and since you've been there, you took over as the interim head coach. Uh, tell us about just the experience there from going as an assistant to taking over. Uh, it wasn't what you went there for, but it's a great opportunity. Yeah, it was a great opportunity. I definitely then I came down here to learn some experience in a professional level as an assistant up under a really solid uh, head coach, was, uh, Jacob Tacomas, down here. And uh, I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it. And unfortunately, our team wasn't going in the right direction where the ownership and the management wanted to. And um, it felt like they were doing a little bit what they did last year at 3-25. and And uh, we didn't start off well, and so uh, they gave me an opportunity to put me as interim uh, midway through the season, and um, I found a way to bring some life back to these guys, and uh, we won probably, I think, eight of our last 11 games or something like that, uh, and we got a chance, ourselves a chance to be in the playoff run, so we have five more left, and um, it's been enjoyable. It's been enjoyable. Head coaching is a little much more um, difficult than high school out here, but uh, it's, it's a fun thing. Yeah, I was curious, after more than a decade there, CBC, successful run, kids that are 16, 17, 18, what, what's the age range of your guys there? Are they early 20s? Uh, yeah, I got a 18 to 31 on my team. So, yeah, I got as young as 18 years old and as old as 31 uh, on here. The guys have, you know, set families, got a couple married guys out here, just, you know, uh, living living a life. So, you know, it's a, and then I have guys who just, fresh out of high school or should be in college or left college early to come down here to play professionally. So it's a mixture of both. Now, did Luke Longley play in that league, or did he go straight from down under to the NBA? Um, I think he 
I think he played in this league a little bit um, when he was younger, but then he ended up going to the NBA after that. All right, and this is the same league Kevin Lish, former Billiken star, who played for years, right? Uh-huh. Kevin Lish was down here. Uh, Jordan Air Jet was down here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a couple slew, slew guys that uh, played and been in here for a little bit. So it's, uh, it has a strong connection with the Billiken. All right, what's the travel like? The other day we were texting and you were about to get on a four-hour flight, and I thought, where are we going from where to where? So you're based in Melbourne, is that right? I'm based um, an hour and a half outside of Sydney, and um, it's kind of south south of Sydney, and a city called Wollongong, um, and it's, uh, you know, my coach, the Illawarra Hawks, is the name of the team, and so, like, it's uh, it's not too bad. I can drive to Sydney, and it's kind of like from uh, Columbia to St. Louis, you know, when Mizzou to St. Louis, so that's kind of how my distance is when if I want to go to Sydney. I've always heard Sydney is one of the coolest cities on the planet. You know, it's it's cosmopolitan, but it's a scenic. You know, we saw it in the Olympics, sitting there right there on the bay. Tell me about Sydney. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. The harbor there is unbelievable. We got boats on there all the time. I went to the opera house. I mean, the food experience is, is great. Like you said, the scenery uh, with the bridges and everything that you get a chance to just view. Um, I mean, I when they had they got fireworks that just goes off all the time. Uh, it's just unbelievable. I mean, different, all types of nationalities down here. Um, you know, it's just there's something to really definitely see if you get a chance to visit Australia. Um, it's a very beautiful. The weather is great all the time. It's summertime here now. Uh, winter kicks up around um, late March, early February, early uh, early April. But the temperature stays the same. So it's like 70, 75 degrees in there wintertime. It might, it might rain here and there. But besides that, it's great for golfing all the time. So you're younger than me, but when I was a kid, Crocodile Dundee was all the rage, and I think Australians might have hated it because everything was good day, mate, and there's a, you know there's a kangaroo everywhere, and they've all got cowboy hats and cowboy boots. And what what's the biggest thing culture that you've noticed in terms of difference from the U.S.? I mean, just definitely definitely driving on the wrong side of the, the road. I mean, that is the most difficult thing. Uh, you know, I had to learn when I got here. Even they drive on the wrong wrong side, and you have to walk on the opposite side as you're going up and down escalators. The food is I got adjusted to is really good. It's really healthy. Um, I, I'm loving the food down here. And, I mean, I don't really see uh, cro- uh, crocodiles or fruit because I'm in the no kangaroo. You don't have kangaroos hopping around your front yard. No, I don't. But I do have uh, cockatoo birds that fly on my balcony <laughs> that love, love to be fed. Um, they're very nice and, you know, they're very easy to, to feed and things like that. But besides that, I don't see none, none of those dangerous animals that uh, one of those top eighteen dangerous animals that's in Australia. So that's that's in the outback, outback, and I do not jump in the the ocean like that because there's <laughs> sharks everywhere. So uh, I, I try to make sure I I know what I'm doing. But besides that, it's uh it's it's, it's great. It's been great. Justin Tatum, our guest, he's the head coach of the Illawarra Hawks down in Australia, professional basketball, the interim head coach there, and they've been on a great run since he took over. Uh, Fun to kind of hear about these experiences culturally, because I'd love to visit Australia. How about the basketball itself? What would it compare to, do you think, for uh, folks in the U.S. that are used to watching basketball here? Uh, I mean, it's right up under the NBA. It's the second best league uh, around. I mean, it's very competitive. We have uh, a ton of former NBA uh, players that played in the league, um, Aaron Baines, Delavadova, Ian Clark. You know those guys are two of those, two or three of those guys are champions. And we got I have two uh, former NBA players on my team who had a big stint that uh, that played in the league. Then you have top college players, and then then you just have really good 
Australian NBA players. I mean, NBL players. So, I mean, this is this league is unbelievable tough. Um, if you see our our standings from from uh, the third seed down to the tenth, it, it's like one or two game differential of trying to make a six game sixteen playoffs. Um, and so, like, it's very tough day in day out. You don't know if the if who's going to win or lose because that's how competitive it is. And so. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, like I said, it, it's been ranked as probably the second best league in the world up under the NBA, and uh, a lot of players either go to the league from here because if this league is only about seven months, and then they allow you know if you play really well, um, and you, you can go from the league right from here, right within the after our season, or if you're good enough that you can enter the draft uh, and you know in upcoming draft. So we have uh, kids called uh, Next Star Next Star program, which. Uh, Next to our program is is the kids who are players who are uh, NBA eligible, draft eligible within the two years. So some kids come from the states, maybe leave college early, uh, and want to come to the NBA to get prepared for the NBA, and they can be part of the Next Star program, which they're all the NBA teams come down here and scout those guys and see if they're really prepared. And we have one kid on our team, uh, AJ Johnson, who's uh, one of the top uh, 30 kids in the country, and he's going to pretty much hear his name. Uh, being drafted next year, so it's, it's 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 very competitive. It's very great, and I mean, I've been been enjoying it. So I mean, I think it's one of the top leagues up under the NBA. We always hear about international crowds, specifically kind of over in Europe and Greece and places like that. A lot of kids that have go from St. Louis. And you hear these crazy stories. What's the crowd? What's the environment like there for the games? <laughs> it's great, man. It's great. Like you hit. You hit threes or make shots. You might hear some fire or something. You know, go off from behind the baskets. Uh, the crowd never really sits down. They, I mean, they're very into it, noisy. No matter if their team is up or down, uh, and they're very supportive within the community. So, like you, you go around if your team is successful, you definitely have uh, the, the backing of the community behind you. Uh, they promote it extremely well uh, through you know all the social media networks and even on TV. It's all ESPN has picked it up. Um, so you can definitely watch the games back in, back at home. So um, the you know it's just it's just been really it's really successful down here. It's been blowing up, and like I said, the, the crowds and and the fans. I mean, I just left uh, when I think I talked to you. I was on my way to Perth. Perth is like the west coast of Australia, so it's like leaving uh, New York to fly to L.A. And that's why it took us a five-hour flight. And their arena is seats uh, fifteen thousand. So I mean, and they had they had everybody packed in there, and we was blessed to get a win out of there. And that's one of the most hostile environments that you know I was able to coach in so far. So uh, you know, just the support of each community is different, but um, they all packed the houses so, so far in that the arenas that I've been in. So, what's your dream at this point? Get on an NBA staff? Is that kind of what you're working towards? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, would, I mean, that would that would be my ultimate goal to be able to. Have, be able to coach at the highest level and be able to experience that since um, I'm, I had the opportunity to, you know, scratch the surface with, with uh, the top league down here. Uh, but, you know, anything that makes sense for me, uh, you know, that I want to keep pursuing and, and challenge myself as a coach, if it's returning back out here to resign with this team and, you know, see what I can do for the next year, or if uh, an NBA team does give me the opportunity to, you know, sit on the bench with them and, and get more and gain more experience. But if I if I, if I can have more control and be in a position to where I can enhance my coaching skills, you know, and, and that's being a head coach, I would like to retain that uh, most likely down here if possible. But if something opens up at home, that makes sense that, you know, that I'll definitely 
entertaining. So you're a long way from home, but to get online and check CBC scores, Billiken scores, Jason Tatum, yep. obviously you're following the Celtics. I mean, I guess you, you, this modern day you can kind of keep tabs on everything. Have to, have to. Uh, yeah, I've been checking out my, my, my cadets and, you know, been rooting for them. I know they've been having up and down season, but been competing in every game. And I know that the Billikens have been struggling a little bit, but, I mean, I heard they have a ton of in- injuries and stuff like that, so that's not always going to help your, your winning column. But I'm always supporting home. I'm always looking out, you know, trying to make sure, you know, everybody's doing, house is going up to par. So uh, I never forget what it keeps me busy, too, down here because, you know, after – after practice, after work. I mean, if I'm not going to the beach or playing golf, I gotta, uh, <laughs> I gotta figure out something to keep my mind entertained a little bit. Now, how many people down there say, "Are you Jason Tatum's dad?" And that was a terrible Australian accent. But how often do you get <laughs> Jason questions? Every day, every oh, wow. single day. And I, when even when I go on the road, I probably see probably about forty or fifty people in the arena with his jerseys on because they did a great job of uh, after I took the head coaching job. Of promoting that I was down here, and once I they promoted that I was down here after I took the head coaching job, and then it, and then start winning some games, and then they really promoted even more. And it, and it doesn't help that my son reposts everything that I do as a win and stuff <laughs> like that from his media. So uh, it makes it even a little bit bigger and difficult. But I it's it's a blessing that you know that you know that my son's craft and and what he does uh, is being enjoyed and loved all the way on the other side of the world. So. It's a blessing, so I, it's nothing that uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed about or I get mad about. I love it. We were showing his game the other night. I think he had 28, 10, and 8, nearly a triple-double, which for him is kind of like ho-hum, just another night playing in the NBA. But I also pointed out it's his fifth NBA All-Star game, and he's only 25. I mean, you knew he'd be really good. You probably even knew he'd be great. Has he been better yeah. than you thought? Way better than I thought. I mean, this I'm, and mostly it's the determination of himself wanting to get as great as, as he's trying to get. So it's uh, that's really what surprises me that you know he has that everyday drive that I love my job, I love how great I can be, and I love the I'll find a way to help my team win. So that's what's been most impressive for me that he's not been content. He has not slowed down as a as a player, as a person to challenge himself to get better. So. You know, most guys will be okay with making one all-star game and one um, all-NBA team and, you know, just relax from there. That's not Jason. So I'm just that's, – that's the really surprising part that I'm proud of him, that he still has that drive to keep pushing to be better than he was last year. Now, I'm hoping that's one of those cool birds in the background. Tell me that's the – it's not – you said cockatoo? No. Yeah, yeah, it's a cockatoo. He's, uh, he's down a bit further. They're kind of loud. I'm sitting on my balcony. Oh, I love it. No, we're adding to the ambient. It's almost like we piped it in just to fake everybody out that this is truly a guy <laughs> a guy down under. All right, here's a popular St. Louis myth that Jason Tatum was going to go to the Billikens if only they had recruited, uh, forgetting the kid that went to Indiana State from CBC, Jordan uh, Jordan Barnes, maybe. Jordan. Is, is that just yeah. one of those crazy St. Louis lore mythical stories or maybe a hint of truth yeah, a big big hint of truth if it had jordan barnes and david sneed uh and i think will gladson some of the guys that he played AU ball with um if the, if the billikens had opened up scholarships for those guys and pursued those guys then i think they would have had a really good chance of of landing jason if he would have been you know because once again he's a hometown guy and uh he would have loved to see some play with a lot of his friends he knows he's going to be in school for a couple months so um you know that that was it had some truth to it but 
I think, you know, he made the best decision going to Duke and, uh, you know, got him ready for the league. Oh, it absolutely worked out great, and it's hard to say no to Duke when you're a high school basketball player. Did, did Slew know that, though? Did he say, hey, listen, I'm thinking about it. I might do it, even though it sounds crazy if you do this. Were they aware of what it might have taken? Yeah, they was aware of it. They was aware of it. We made sure that they uh, that they knew about it, but, you know, one thing we heard was just that they didn't have enough uh, scholarships to offer those guys. So, I mean, I you know, they was going through coaches' changes at that time, you know, it could be you know some truth to it. It could not be, but you know we didn't we didn't pursue it and push it too much. But we did let them know what they needed to do to get them, and that's what uh, and that was the main thing that they needed to do. Besides trying to hire his dad would have helped a lot, but you know that, that was that was pushing it. <laughs> would you ever want to coach college level or pretty much on the pro track at this point? Well, I mean, it, it depends. It depends. I mean, I, I, it's like I'm. I love this. I love this pro level right now, just because of the uh, understanding that you have with the players. You do not have to check grades. You do not have to course parents. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things you do not have to do. But the college environment um, is, you know, unbelievable, and you know, the experience as well. Uh, so I know that's a, something I never experienced as a as a coach. But the professional level is just, you know, it it is what it is. Like you, you talk to your grown man, you tell him what to do, and then. If they do it, they do it. If they don't, you know, you have to find a way to, you know, either replace them or go elsewhere. But with, with and, and you can go home after that, right? So I don't have to go and check uh, check all the grades and, you know, talk to counselors and things like that. I can just go home and do what I need to do. But, but as far as the college experience, uh, you know, it's something that I'm definitely entertaining. I would not, if, if the right situation maybe come up um, and if it makes sense for me, you know, I'll definitely probably consider it, but right now I'm enjoying the pro. Well, Justin, fun to catch up all the way down there in Australia. The Illawarra Hawks in the Australian Professional Basketball League. You can check out the standing. You can follow them online, social media, and all of that. It's easy to do, yep. and uh, appreciate the updates because we have kind of, I think, all of us this visual of what it would be like to live uh, in Australia, and you help uh, paint a picture. I, I've got Sydney on my list. I just moved it a tick higher on my must-visit list. Uh Justin, uh, thanks so much for the time. Thanks for having me, Marty. Yeah, you must come down, man. You'll love it. You, you got to get. You got to make come down for about two weeks. You just can't do a five day trip because uh, we're like seventeen hours ahead. So you definitely have a uh, get used to the sleep to sleeping patterns. But definitely come down. Well, I'm going to have Larry Hughes fire up the private jet, and that's we're going to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. And let's talk a little football on the line with us. A week ago, we had him on, James Williams, his son Jameson, about to play in the NFC Championship game for the Detroit Lions. And lo and behold, the exciting first moment, Lions' first touchdown is the pride of Cardinal Ritter, the STL zone, Jameson Williams. He also scored the last touchdown in that game. And we asked Dad what it would be like to be there, and we all watched it unfold. And he joins us for a a follow-up here. Uh, Dad, have you recovered yet? Are you okay? Uh, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> How about the beginning? How about when your son scores the first touchdown, they hand him on the ball, he's obviously explosive and scores. Are, are you going nuts at that point? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting in the midst of a bunch of San Francisco 49er fans, too. You weren't in, like, a Lions section? No, I was in the 49 It was kind of hard to have a Lions section when you in San Francisco right. for the NFC Championship. Well, I was hoping they'd have you at least with other parents or family no, members. No, they don't, they don't do that. They don't do All that. over the place. Okay, I didn't yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't realize when you're on your When you're on the road, we kind of on our own. 
Okay. You know, unless we want to sit in the nosebleed section. Okay, so they could have gotten you seats with some of the other parents, but you would have been way up high. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So do you tell the people around you, hey, that's my son that just scored? Uh, Just a little bit that time because they was talking a bunch of yip-yap when the game started. <laughs> I don't see you sitting quietly either. I've, are you wearing Are you wearing a Lions jersey at the game? Uh, yes, I actually was wearing a Lions jersey at the game. Okay. Now, are they nice? The Niner fans are supposedly, and I've been there a bunch of times, but not as hostile as some football crowds. <laughs> Just a smidget. They're a little hostile, but no different than any other football. No, no other sports fan. Okay, so take us through the emotional ride here. Your son's about to go to the Super Bowl. It's 24-7 at halftime. What are you thinking? Man, book the flights is what I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I was just thinking that we need to be – we need to stay steady and run the ball, and we're on our way to Vegas. And and, uh, everybody's seeing what happened in the second half. When did you get nervous? Uh, after the second set of second set of downs, I guess when we came out and we just kept passing the ball, we passed the ball like six out of eight times for the first two uh, uh, for the first two possessions, and uh, I think we played right into their hands when we started doing that because we were running a ball pretty good. And does the crowd around you sort of turn? Is the game? I bet they were pretty quiet at halftime. Oh, they were definitely quiet at halftime. <laughs> they were definitely quiet at halftime, but around the end of the third quarter, they were really obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's walk through it then. So there's still a chance there. We've all talked about it on these shows and many of the shows. When they didn't kick the field goal, maybe yep. the one in the third quarter. The third quarter could have extended the lead to 17. You've gone yep. to you've gone to all the games. You watch this team. The defense of some of these moves is that's just who they are. As you're watching it play out, are you saying, "Okay, well, that's that's what we do"? That is what they do. Okay, that's the calls that the coaches make. But me, me, as a coach, I don't know if I can continually to try to do that because, all right, yes, we were successful throughout the year, twenty out of twenty-five. But I'm guaranteeing you that the five that we missed cost us three games this year so if we went back and reviewed the tape there were some big moments and i didn't watch every lions game that were very costly by not taking the three points exactly going forward on fourth down and we could have you know i i think that that we could have made the road a little easier for us but i mean we were where we were and we had that opportunity again and we chose one more time to not kick the field goal all right, so there was the one, yeah, early in the third quarter would have extended the lead to 17, and then more talked about was the later one, about seven and a half minutes to go. And again, he could miss the kick. You never know, 48 yards. But in theory, if he makes the kick, the game is tied. I don't know what the feeling was in the building, but it, it seemed to me like that would have at least stemmed some of the momentum or maybe quieted the crowd just to, to made them a little nervous just for a second. Well, it, it, it definitely would have. It definitely would have. It would have been the same situation that if you kick the field goal in Dallas, you you put the pressure back on them. What's the mood in Detroit? You're still up in Detroit. Have they recovered? That was disheartening. That franchise has been through a lot of downtimes. I think everybody's real quiet. Everybody's real down. You, you know, but 
we 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 ride it and we riding with our team. You for, know, so win, lose, or draw, we lying. For sure. And how about your son? Not only the first touchdown, the last touchdown, so he had a running and a receiving catch uh, for for six and maybe a hint of what's to come because there's a lot of untapped potential there. Right. Yeah, it is definitely a lot of untapped potential. You know, and uh, we have a lot of growing to do as players and coaches and fans. You know, I don't know if we can expect the same type of result next year because it's going to be, you know, everything gets a little tougher as time goes. You, you have to take your opportunities and take your shots when you have them. And I think Coach Campbell even said that to the team. Like, hey, we may never get back. And I'm like, even though that's hard to hear, it's probably accurate. I, I would think moving forward now, and it's an honor, it's a measure of respect, but everybody's going to look at the Lions in a different way moving forward, which is a good thing. Right. Right. Well, they, they should. it's a good and a bad thing because now the expectations is high. Well, there's no, yeah, not only from the fan base, but I think within the league, I would think next year, although Green Bay is going to be right there, that, that is the rivalry. We had Trey Wingo on the show Monday, and he covers the NFL, and he said, keep an eye on Green Bay. Those two, he said, are going to be going back and forth. That's that's going to be a burgeoning rivalry. Well, uh, yeah, Minnesota ain't that bad themselves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget about those guys. You know, so I mean, it's going to be tough, but I think they're built for it. And we, you know, we we put in a lot of work as a team. But we we all have to make the right decisions, and we all have to make the plays when they come to us. Was there any part of you when Detroit drafted Jamison? You thought, oh, he's going to the Lions. I don't know. Eh, eh, not really great. And then now you're thinking, this is the right spot. Nah, I always knew it was the right place. I never doubted, you know, how good they could be. Plus, I know what he brings to the table. So, if you know, if you're just a little good before he comes, he's going to make you pretty good. You know, if you got anything else to go with that, you're probably going to be damn good. And what's the moment like when the game ends? You obviously go down and see your son. How 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 emotional was he? Uh, he, happy. he had a decent game, which was a decent game. He had three targets, two touchdowns. I mean, he probably could have did more, but he really wanted the Super Bowl over anything else. Were there lots of tears around, family and, and players? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's families around. Yeah, I mean, tears. Yeah, and no. You, you know, it's, it's hard to cry about some place where you know you have done better than, you know, that, than one was expected. You, you know? Right. Would it be easier? Would it be easier? Do you think to go out there and just lose? You know, lose thirty to fourteen. Just not really. It, be, it, it, it would have definitely been easier to just go out there and, and get roasted. <laughs> you know, versus to have to answer questions about drop balls or coaches' calls or anything. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's always better you go out there and get beat up like that. That way, it's no, it's no questions. You, you know what I'm saying? You just got your tail kicked. Right. There's a lot less to debate and discuss. It's almost like the NFL, I'm not saying it's scripted, but it is just tailor-made for all of the debate shows. All of the things that happen on Sunday are perfect fodder from Monday and beyond. I mean, the NFL, and you, and you grew up watching sports and watching the NFL. Have you ever seen the league bigger than it is now? No. 
you know, and a lot of that has to do with money and images, you know, and power, you know. So, I mean, I understand that the league, that, that as time goes, the money, is get, the money gets bigger and more eyeballs and, you know, you, you be able to get into more households by getting into more TV sets and things of that nature. So what's but the – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, but I, I feel like they need to keep the integrity of the game, the integrity of the game versus things happening, and then they're saying, oh, that happened. We can't do nothing about that. Don't cry with spilled milk. Next game. You, you know what I'm saying? When, when, when they know that they made a mistake, but it, it's, it, you know, kind of like the calls that happened in the Baltimore game that they were talking about, that they know were mistakes, but – they're not going to give Baltimore a do-over, you, you, you know? You're talking about officiating. You'd like the league to sort of own it a little more. Yes, and let's, let's get rid of some of these 65-year-old men running up and down the field with 25-year-old boys. <laughs> well, that's part of it. you got to keep up. I'm not an ageist, so I'm not going to label it. I'm not going to put a number on it, but maybe it's your abilities, right? Depending on You could be 40 and be fat or – or bad, but maybe there are, maybe there are, if they can't. You know, the older we get, the older we get, the worse we get now. Well, I understand. Oh, I know. <laughs> they can't keep up, then they got to go. All right, how about the Super Bowl in the Williams house? Will you uh, have a big party? Will you, do you care who wins? Nah, I really don't, honestly. But you always like the Niners. Can you go back to that after they just beat your son's team, or are you done with nah, it? I'm done with the Niners. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with the Niners. Were the, were, were the fans nice when it all ended? Uh, sort of, a little bit. They they were a little. They were more scared, so that's how I know that they, you know, they were offended. But I guess they thought we were cocky and brash. But they got to understand, we ain't never had nothing. Y'all didn't been there three years in a row. We should act like this, and y'all should act like that. Yeah, well, if they tell you to act like you've been there, then you say. We've never been here. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, so much fun having you on the show last week leading into the NFC Championship game and then to see Jamison Williams out of Cardinal Ritter score the first touchdown, the last touchdown, the Detroit Lions made it entertaining. That is for sure. We know millions and millions were watching the game. And to have Dad, James Williams, on the show last week in this, thanks so much for your time. No problem, Mark. Brendan had the observation, Brendan Weesey here, sports director, KTRS, that it was Dad's Day. We had Justin Tatum from Down Under. Fun to hear about life living in Australia. Jason Tatum's dad. Fun to kind of revisit the slew angle with Jason. Had always heard that, especially about his buddy Jordan Barnes, who ended up at Indiana State. Pretty good player. Yes, he was. If he had gone to slew, or they, it was right when Cruz was getting ousted and Travis was coming in. It was... In defense of the Billiken program, if you say, how do you miss out on Jason Tatum? Right. It was kind of a window there of uncertainty. There were, it was a time of transition. We knew Jim Cruz had zero interest in recruiting, so there was you know, basically... He almost told us that. He did. He essentially said, nah, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> he would say, I didn't want this job. Right. I mean, Rick Rick right. made me do it, and yeah. now look at me now. He's winning coach of the year. Yep. And he would say, like, I don't know. I, mean, I, <laughs> I didn't really want to be here. He was the strangest interview. Because he would always say stuff like that. Very weird, and it's so so it's understandable. Well, it it does stink to think could they have in a perfect storm? Could they have gotten Jason? Yeah, maybe just but, for one year, but kind of the Larry uh, Hughes model. Yeah, right? Well, right, right, exactly. So I don't know if Travis is there a little earlier. Does it does it work out? 
a little differently, maybe. I hate bringing it up because it just tortures SLU fans even yeah. more since they're tortured right now. Uh, but you made the observation, the dad show with Justin Tatum and then Jameson Williams' dad. I think he's going to be a friend of the show because I feel like the Lions are going to be good again. And Jameson's hopefully an emerging star. He's obviously got a lot of talent. And, and the dad will usually – sometimes he stops his comments real quick and throws me for a loop. But he's got he's got some pizzazz. You got a sense he wanted to torch Dan Campbell a little more than he did. Yeah, he held back. Yeah, he and, and I didn't want him to because that's right. the last thing. Oh, absolutely. His son needs. Right. I didn't want to goad him and say, "Ah, oh, come on, come on." I think they, they should get rid of like or whatever. I didn't want to go there, but I was curious, and I thought he had a really interesting take when he said, "Yes, they were twenty for twenty-five in converting." Incredible stat. I didn't know it was that good. But he said, I'll bet you if you look at those five, those are three games we lost. I, want, I might go back now and do a Lions. The Blues are off for a week and a half. I might do a Lions deep dive one night at work just for my own fun to see. But, yeah, very candid. And I do. I think you're right. I think he wanted to say more. Uh, you were at soccer. Oh, what I was saying is so it was the dad show. Then it turned into the grandpa then show. Then it turned into the granddad day. With yep. Holden yep. at the mic talking about can't doing a live read for chocolate. <laughs> Big chocolate, not a specific Big guy, not a specific brand, right? Just the chocolate industry. You were at soccer earlier today, City SC in town this week, and they announced the Bradley Carnell contract extension. I didn't even know what the terms of his deal were going into this. Kind of a strange announcement in that it was a two-year extension, so it covers this season. So is that to say that he wasn't signed for this year, and it and it covers the 2025 season? So pretty easy to lock up your close to coach of the year. I mean, this is a guy that you you, you feel like can run the you know the philosophy that Luce wants to run. I mean, it, it, it's the perfect marriage. None of these guys are going anywhere, so it seems like it's surprising that it wasn't already done, but you know, where is he going and and uh, this is it, it's a perfect setup with the two guys. And we got to hear from uh Diego Gigliani today for the first time since he initially signed on. You had him on the show earlier in the summer, but interesting to hear some of his thoughts in that he's tied in to the day-to-day soccer operations more than I thought he would be. I mean, he's to me, he's still big picture. He's sort of he's concentrating Carolyn, on the he's, brand. He's doing what Carolyn was forced to do kind of to be the – Day to day, and they thought that's not right. really what she's here for. Right, and and he's obviously dialed into. Uh, is he like this Chris Zimmerman equivalent? When you say if people no, made, because I I, I think because Chris feels more like business, and uh, that's what you're making the distinction here. Right, it's like Bill this, Dewitt the third is not really involved right, in baseball. He, right, Diego is is certainly business and and brand, but he certainly gets what it means to have um, to. To be tied into to the soccer aspect of it, and I, I think he's a great complement to what uh, to what Lutz is trying to do. Now, was the press conference going to be had no matter what? Or was exactly, it, yeah, it was on the books before. So maybe, maybe they knew not the, just about a contract. Maybe extension. Maybe they knew the Bradley extension was coming. It's uh, the timing worked out great. And I guess we'll hear from Bradley tomorrow after their training session. But uh, I think there was more on the books. I mean, I I asked them about the about the Nico deal and. You know, from a club's perspective, how do you look at it? Are you excited that it happened? Are you disappointed that he walks before this season's about ready to start? And, uh, you know, his answer was, this is what 
this is what we knew was going to happen, right? There are going to be players that trend up that are going to draw interest from European clubs, and we're not going to we're not going to hold them back from doing that. And even if the timing isn't perfect, and I don't think it was, we're not standing in his way. Looking forward to soccer kicking in. It's confusing because it begins at home, which is great. That's not MLS. That's Concacaf. It's Concacaf, and then right uh, after that, yeah. it's league. Just, I mean, it's MLS. It's not MLS, league. I'm right. sorry, I don't say and then that. You're, and then you're back to uh, the Champions Cup. Then a couple days later. Yeah, I'm just glad we got City Park rocking again. Yep. Uh home this weekend will not be rocking. Not rocking. And again, I don't know what else to say at this point. When you watch a slew game, you just expect them to lose. Is that at this point? Yep. Earlier in the year, you thought, well, this is one they might win, or well, they probably won't play well at Dayton. But who knows? Who knows? I think at this point, the shocker is going to be what game do they win? And there's probably a win or two there. Somewhere along the way, they'll win a game. And isn't it, you know, because Mizzou's actually worse off. They haven't won a conference game. Slew has won one. But it feels like with Mizzou, and it's a bummer, they're, they're, you feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You feel like the Mizzou plays better. It feels like most of their games are close to where a slew, you get after halftime, and it's it's a blowout. And uh, most of them are double-digit losses. Again, I've said it before. The fu- funny thing is, Slew's best game was the close loss at Dayton, and Dayton has been the the, the front runner of this league from the start of the year. But other than that, it's been a tough go every single time out. Tough to draw too many positives. And last night, Loyola's had a pretty good year, but uh, again, another game where you're looking up at a at a double digit loss. Most college teams at this point, you know their rotation. You know the seven or eight players typically. Now I've said this about Mizzou. A guy will come in. I'm like, who's that? Where did? <laughs> yeah, Slu did night. it one more, one louder <laughs> last night when all of a sudden Steph Van Bussel was in the game, which sounds like a made up name, right? You're checking into a hotel. You don't want anybody to know you're there. I'm, yeah, who? Uh, Steph uh, Van Bussel, like a Chevy Chase character. But in no offense to the young man, I texted Brendan. I said, who is this? Because he actually played in the game. And I know some of their guys had injuries early on. Some had visa issues. So not everyone was available immediately. But I thought I at least knew for the most part who's on the roster. Am I alone in wondering uh, who's Stefan Bussel? I did have him in my preseason notes. Played for the Dutch national U18 team. Was hurt during the summer, and I guess that carried into the uh, regular season because we haven't seen or heard much of him. He has played just a little bit. He's 6'11", has got some size. Um, played in Germany's top youth league as well. So, again, another guy with international experience that they brought on so many foreign players, be it transfer or be it freshman, that Travis took a chance on, and basically none of them have worked out, if I'm being honest, right? right? No, none of them the have truth. worked out. And in the old days, you'd say, where's this kid, Rob Lowe from, oh, he's from New Zealand. Oh, that worked out pretty well. Where's right, this yeah. Mayukas from? Oh, he worked out. you got to hit on some of those. Right. I think and that's that's. We the said truth. they have got to hit on one one or two of these uh, of these new foreign players. They've hit on none, and it's uh, it's been a disaster. Mizzou basketball tonight at home hosting Arkansas. Musselman's team actually way down. They're 1-6 or 1-7 in the SEC. They're down. Maybe a winnable game for the Tigers. What time is the coverage? We got begin? 7 o'clock here in mere moments. Martin 7.30 tip there in Como. Tigers and Hogs. Rivalry game. Mizzou, like you said, winnable game. We'll see if they can pull it off. All right, the coverage about to kick in. So for Brendan and Holden and the rest of the gang here, that's it for the Kilcoin Conversation.